ConnectCloud. Get connected, cyber safe is our mantra. From tailored managed security solutions to our next generation cloud platform, MetCloud will drive your organization forward and help it thrive. You can keep up to date with us in all things cybersecurity by following us on Twitter at MetCloud underscore com. We're also on LinkedIn and YouTube. You can find the links to our social media pages and blogs via our website, metcloud.com. Welcome back to the Vanguard podcast, everyone. And my guest today is Matt Solomon, who has worked in sales and business development for 16 plus years. And he's had the unique experience of working with a startup company, ID Agent, and he helped it grow from zero to 2,000 partners in a two-year period and all the way through to acquisition and making it one of the fastest growing companies in decades within the channel. Matt's spoken at more than 150 industry events in six countries and received 40 awards in recognition. Post-acquisition, he took on the role of Channel Chief at Kaseya, and after two and a half years, Matt started a consulting company, Channel Halo, working with vendors and MSPs on their go-to-market strategies. After having many of the same conversations, Matt and his former CEO, Kevin Lancaster, decided to team up again and launch Channel Program. Channel Program is a platform designed to bring together the most innovative technologies in front of channel partners, MSPs, MSSPs, VARs, etc., and give them a voice in how companies present, enter, and succeed in the channel. Matt, welcome to the Vanguard podcast. Yeah, thank you, Scott. It's great to be here. It's fantastic to speak to you. And where are you joining us from and and, and how are things there currently? Um, calling in from Washington, D.C. Things are great here. It's getting cold. It's Winter is approaching, and I think we've got a snowstorm coming in the next few hours. I did. I did hear the East Coast is about to get a bit of a blizzard, so rug up warm. At least, at least here in the UK, it's uh, it's what five degrees relative heat wave, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you know, we don't get tons of snowstorms here in DC, but it's uh, it's it's. I actually enjoy the snow, and I actually like cold weather. I'm one of the rare rare people. You, you're absolutely rare because <laughs> I can't wait to go to Australia in a month and get some sun. But anyway, that's uh, that that's by the by, Matt. Great for you to join us. I really enjoy, uh, you know, really appreciate you coming to uh, speak to us today because I think you've got a great story. I mean, we've known each other now, what, three, four years, maybe even longer. Um, And during that time, you know, you went from a a small vendor making waves in the dark web monitoring world, you know, with with ID Agent, and you were selling into the MSP space and that's how we met. And, And it became an industry phenomenon in my opinion, you know, before it was acquired by Kaseya and, you know, then you went on to become the channel chief there. And, but you know, ID agent and and that journey must have been just such a whirlwind. But I'd love to go back a little bit further. And before you joined Kevin and that company, you know, where did it all start after after school? Was there college? And then, you know, where did you get into? Where did you cut your teeth into the IT world? And where did you cut your teeth in the sales world? Yeah. So, you know, I went to university down in, uh, it's called Towson University down in Baltimore, Maryland. That, and that's where I'm from, the Maryland area. And I, um, you know, I, I immediately, I was so excited about going to work, <laughs> like it, get in the workforce. I think one regret is certainly, I wish I would have gone and gone to Europe early in my those days and, and yeah. done that, like, you know, that thing that the backpacking that everybody does, but I was just excited to get a paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. so I went, you know, I got a, you know, as a marketing assistant at an accounting firm, you know, I did that for about a year and a half and, and then, um, you know, started looking into sales positions and man, I, I had some tough sales jobs. I, like one of them, and it really only lasted two weeks. I, you know, it was printer copier sales. 
Oof. which is just a brutal industry. I mean, this is, you know, door to door type sales. And, you know, it's so hard to differentiate a copying machine, <laughs> you know, I mean, wow. li literally in the name. And, you know, so I did that. And then I ended up moving to New, to New York um, on a whim. I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. I got to go, go somewhere else. <laughs> so I moved to New York and I was, I literally day one, I went into Times Square just so I could get a paying job. Um, I was waiting tables at Bubblegum Shrimp House in Times Square. And uh, wow. Yeah. So I did that for six months and then I had landed a job um, selling into to the legal industry, doing like copyright and licensing sales. And I was actually there for 10 years in that industry and ended up getting my MBA during that uh, process and went through a headhunter. And this is kind of the introduction into the next phase of my life, which was really meeting Kevin Lancaster, who's the, the founder of ID Agent. But mm -hmm. I actually got hired by Kevin at his consulting company, which is called Windvale Consulting. And they do like government um, sales. They help companies that are looking to do business with the government. And about, I don't know, eight months into that, he comes to me with this idea about, I mean, I don't even think we had the name ID Agent. We actually were dark web ID at the time. And he just tells me about this name, you know, or what, you know, what, what, what idea he's got. And I mean, it kind of sounded crazy at the time. And I had knew nothing about dark web monitoring and, but it sounded interesting and I just took a leap of faith. And so we kicked off, you know, what, what was the beginning stages of ID agent and, you know, you kind of preface the, you know, the, the crazy journey we, we go on in terms of the success, yep. but and it, in, in many ways, like an overnight success, but I think that, and this is what I like about this format is it, you know, it allows me to share the part where that no one knows about unless they've heard me talk about it, which is there was a huge part where it was complete failure before that, Absolutely. where, you know, so there was about an eight month stretch where we were completely focused on enterprise and believe it or not, Scott, we were almost ahead of our time when it comes to compromise credentials being this like recognized concern of security, which is shocking, but the MySpace, Dropbox, and LinkedIn breaches had not happened yet. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know why, but the CIOs of these large Fortune 500 companies that we were getting meetings with, it was like talking to a brick wall and they just didn't either care or didn't get it. I, I don't know, but it, it, those first eight months were really tough and they, and they weren't buying into it for the most part. I mean, we signed some large co companies, but they just didn't see the value. I, I mm -hmm. think part of it was that I think it, they felt like it was an attack on their own, you know, um, security, right? Because yep. they're like, no, that's not, you know, a, a password on LinkedIn can't affect our internal, you know, whatever. So like, I, I think that's how they felt about it. And then, you know, Kevin and I met, and we were kind of just going, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, when, when was that? I mean, when when was that inspirational? Yeah. Oh, let's try this out. When you know what 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 year was that? So we're talking the end of 2015 to 17 was kind of this phase, but yeah. really it was mostly 2017 when this like meeting of the minds ch changed our lives, which is yeah. really Kevin and I sitting down. And I honestly, I really did think it was kind of the end of my job at this point because we just weren't. It wasn't working. And I just said, Kevin, I was like, you know, this isn't the sales cycle's too long. The price points aren't high enough for an eight month sales cycle in the enterprise. Like this doesn't work. Um, you know, 
should we look into the MSP industry? It was we had had a conversation many months before that about that, but we never like looked into it. Yeah. And he's like, "All right, sure, <laughs> go go look into it." And I started calling around, and you know, found out about um, it was called MSP Mentor at the time. Which yes, they, yeah, they all I got it. Yeah, they all got acquired. So I, you know, I don't know who they. I think they're under Informer at some point, but um, they found out what we were doing at least the the report you know they had a reporter and he found out what we were doing and they ran an article about it and this is again we don't even have a channel program we have nothing we just tell them what we're doing and overnight our lives changed i swear like the article ran and it went from like eight months of complete outbound you know efforts on sales to like 20 msps calling us up about you know potentially signing up with us and not having a channel program not even really understanding msps in general. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately we had um, some conversations with MSPs who were really willing to help us <laughs> come up with a pricing model in a way. I mean, honestly, we, we got direct advice. This guy, Dave Watts, who was an MSP owner out of California, gave us tremendous insight. And it, really that, that model stuck through our acquisition. It, wow. it was cr- kind of crazy, but it went like from that was in March of 2017. And then just, Two years later, we had 2,000 partners in 40 countries, and we had 50 employees. I mean, it was just this insane ride. I mean, it was this once-in-a-lifetime experience. You know, again, in the channel, no one had heard of dark web monitoring. So we had, for a exactly. year and a half, we had a blue ocean where we were the only dark web monitoring company in the channel. Yep. And so it was, it was just like a matter of just sprinting as fast as we possibly could. I was doing 10 demos a day some days. I mean, it was... I mean, it was, some days it was just brutal. Like, I mean, it's hard to complain about doing 10 demos, but it's it's very time consuming and exhausting. Oh, it is. It is. You know? I know. I, I remember in 2018 in Barcelona, you giving me my first demo of ID agent, if you remember <laughs> rightly, on the booth at, um, at uh, I think it was Datacon. And, and that's where, yeah, that's where we met, actually. Or it was one of the first times we, we, we got together. But it was, it was unbelievable seeing, um, you know, we had – we had the the booth next to to you, if you remember, yeah. and yep. and the footfall. I mean, we benefited from it because we we were in the booth next to you. Um, but the footfall of people wanting to see their their credentials on the dark web, and you you being able to say to to show them, you know, what's available and 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 just how compromised they are, and people's faces going what was yeah. just was was amazing so you know it's the old adage too an overnight success that took us four years to build <laughs> yeah exactly you know but that's a that's a great story please continue because i i'm i'm loving the story yeah yeah um and you know it's so interesting thinking back to those early days when we i mean and i was closing like i mean this is insane thinking about it now but i mean i was closing like 70 percent of my demos um but yeah, so it was like, damn, there's these 30% that don't 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 see the future of, of, of security in the space. Because what was and this is where you get back to like the luck factor and the things like that, is it it didn't become just about selling our product. MSPs really struggled with selling security to their customers. It's absolutely it's, you know, and so this became the starting place to have that conversation because it, it you know, Kevin would often call it like this magic trick because, you know, it's one thing to talk about things that could occur. It's another thing to say, hey, Scott, here's your password on LinkedIn. And, you know, it can get really personal when a lot of people, you know, because people use their kids' names and passwords. And when you see that out there in clear text, it does make you 
take a step back. And then, and then it gave the MSP an opportunity to talk about the rest of the security stack that they were trying to build out. And yeah. so that's, I mean, that's, that was part of it. It was like, Hey, not only is this product going to help you sell dark web monitoring, it's going to help you sell all of your security. And that's, you know, that, that was a huge piece of why we were successful. And then, you know, providing incredible sales enablement materials. And yeah, so it was, it was a lot of, it was a hard work. We had a great team and just the right timing. There's a lot of factors that went in. The, the, it's interesting because, you know, that's, we, we think it's so far away but or, or so far, uh, you know, back in history, but it's only four years ago or three years ago, um, yeah. you know, that we're, we're talking about how it started coming to fruition. But, you know, dark web monitoring now is such a buzzword, isn't it? You know, even, mm-hmm. even, 70 year old people you know 70 year old parents and stuff say oh i don't want to be on the dark web what's the dark web dad i don't know um but you know it's become mainstream now but do you think do you think more companies now understand the credentials and the information that's available to you know uh potential threats and 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 individuals on the dark web and and that being the case uh are we as an industry or companies like id agent casaya or or others that do you know security elements are we educating businesses and people enough should we be educating at the at the business level should we be educating people at a primary school level now because more and more people are online this is this is not specifically concerned about you know your business as such but you as an expert you know, should we be educating people better now that it's now become more prevalent? Yeah, I mean, I think the the short answer would be yes, absolutely. I, I, I do think, and you know, especially now that we've got kids, I mean, kids obviously are, are touching technology from, well, I don't know, probably two years old and maybe yep. even less now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there's so many creative ways that these hackers are are getting into systems and, you know, obviously work from home even accelerated the, you know, the ability to kind of jump from your kid playing on his iPad to, to your network potentially. So I, I, I think there definitely has to be education. I mean, when we think about businesses, so I'll start on, you know, on, on, on the other, on the side of like the com- commoditization of it. So yeah, when we started off again, no one had heard of it. So when, when MSPs were talking to small businesses, they were like, what are you even talking about? You know, yeah. one, I even just not even understanding what the dark web was now i think dark web has become a little i think people are aware of it they might not understand the complete depth of it and i actually always said to people you know i was like you don't need to like get into the weeds about the dark web what you need to have them understand is how a compromised credential is could affect the business and how they could jump from a credential on your linkedin account if that's the same as your network password how that could you know how that could help infiltrate your systems. And so that's always what I say is like focus on on the actual issue, not getting into like every aspect of the history of the dark web. Um, but I do think I think companies are way more aware of it. I mean, there's a lot more companies now. I mean, it's probably I don't, there's probably 10, 15, 20 offering dark web monitoring now. And so yeah. I do think small businesses are way more aware of it. Now, whether they're still paying attention, I, I, you know, it still remains to be seen. But I, you know, I think that's probably the biggest, you know, thing you're still hearing MSPs talk about it. It's security, security, security is the conversation at hand and it's ongoing, right? I mean, I think that's the thing. And, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not a security expert, 
I was, I would say I was an expert in selling dark web monitoring because I really <laughs> understood how it could connect to people. Yeah. And I always, I always say this guy is like, you know, I'm not technical. And so when I presented to MSPs, I'd never spoken a technical format. Mm -hmm. I said, the way I'm speaking to you and selling you on our partnership and why credentials are so important uh, to be aware of is exactly how you should talk to your customer because they're, I'm, it, I'm your customer. And yeah. I'm not going to understand if you go to these other technical levels. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's really getting down to the nuts and bolts with, with the owners and, and it has to be continuous education. I think that's a great point. I think um, actually we're getting onto a sales type um, <laughs> conversation here. And, you know, yeah. like you, I'm, I'm not technical by any stretch of the imagination. I try and have conversations with people that they, that's going to resonate with them. And if that means it's about security or if it's about network monitoring or if it's about whatever, you yep. can resonate, you know, you want to have a story or, a, you know, a, a, a proposition that actually resonates with the person and they can see an outcome by using your solution. You know, it, I think I think a lot of people get, you know, in our industry, a lot of people get hung up on, I need to know everything there is to know about this or everything there is to know about that. No, what you need to know is how to listen with those two ears, understand what the what the issue is with that with that person and try and pitch your solution that's going to help them. And it's as simple as that. And it sounds like that's how you were able to build ID agent and talk about dark web monitoring and, and so forth by just having a conversation with a normal human being. That's a, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Love that. That's a, that's a really good, it's a really good skill to have because you know, I, you and I see salespeople every day and, and, and I think like you said, so many get involved, you know, get stuck in the weeds that they, they really can't get out of it. And it's, it's, it's quite an interesting proposition. I really, really love the, the overview on that. And, and tell us the full circle to that story with IG agent and, and what happened yeah. and, and um, you know, how, how things developed and then, you know, to, to where you are now, Matt. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, about, again, about two years into it, you know, and again, I was the first employee, so it was Kevin and I just starting it. And then, yep. you know, two years later we had 50 employees and, um, you know, got some calls and well, really Kevin got some calls, um, <laughs> from some larger companies in the industry. And, and uh, ultimately Kevin, uh, agreed to being acquired by Kaseya, which was, you know, a behemoth in this industry. And, of course. um, you know, it was just so interesting, obviously going from a startup company that no one had heard of to a brand name, right. A, a really big conglomerate in the industry. And, um, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to, Kind of have a, you know definitely have a bigger platform um i was able to you know both in the id agent role and the casero role really travel around the world and get to know msps and and vendors in the community all, all really all around the world uh but it, you know it gave me a chance to be a product evangelist for more than just dark web which was fun because you know after a couple of years of doing the same thing it, it does get it does get old you know and i always like to keep things fresh and so that gave me an opportunity to talk about more products and get to know more people in the industry. And um, so that, you know, went on for about two and a half years and stayed on there. And then ultimately decided, you know, that I was going to go off on my own. I'd always wanted to start my own business. And um, before I get to like the next thing, because there's kind of two businesses, I started something called Channel Halo. Um, and that was really doing uh, consulting work with uh, mostly vendors, uh, but some mm -hmm. MSPs uh, on, you know, go to market strategies. And yeah, one, I, yeah, I'd say I learned a lot of lessons quickly on, you know, the, 
the downside of being on your own by yourself. Yep. Um, luckily, I, you know, I was able to get revenue right away and things like that. But man, even just like how many SaaS platforms you got to connect with and, you know, a contract with. And yeah, there was so many new things that I was learning, but it gave me a lot more respect and certainly more understanding for the MSP owners that I've worked with over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin had also left Kasey about three months prior to me and he started doing consulting. And so, you know, we would have conversations every once in a while just to catch up. And we just kept having the same types of conversations uh, about some of the, you know, pain points, both from the MSP and the vendor side. And said like, okay, well maybe we can solve this. And so we we decided to team back up together. And you know, really, I guess maybe back in August or September is when we like launched technically. But you know, really November, December was when we kind of went public. That you know we are starting a thing called Channel Program. So um, that that's where we are today. So now yeah. now I'm a, a co-owner with Kevin. And this is the third time we've worked together. So this he, time hasn't, first, he still hasn't learned. Yeah, exactly. But first, first time where I'm, I'm a, a founding partner this time. So, yeah. If data had a sound, it could be this. The sound of important and sensitive information leaking out of your business. MedCloud. Get connected, cyber safe. Well, tell us about channel program. I mean, because you know, one of the things that is, um, again, we talk about overnight success. I mean, you worked bloody hard to get from a thousand, uh, sorry, zero to two thousand partners in in two years. You've done something right, and you've worked, as I said, you've worked bloody hard to get there. Um, so, tell us about you know the the inspiration for channel program and 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 was it was it the lessons learned you know within id agent and and lastly with kasaya that you went yeah there's actually a really good market here yeah i mean it's definitely a combination of everything and you know there were some advantages we had at, at id agent we were it was very unique in the sense that we could close deals at an event and, and quite a few amount of them and so we yeah. were able to fund so many of the events at the event which, you know, not, not every uh, company is able to do that. I mean, some have much longer sales cycles, of course, much more of complex. Uh, ours was simple in the sense. Um, so, you know, we had a lot of advantages and I always did think about like, God, what if we didn't have this? Like how much harder it would be and, you know, having so many conversations with, with vendors over the years. Um, but so, yeah, it was a combination of a compilation of all of that stuff. But um, what, you know, it's kind of two sides to it. So on the vendor side, one of the things we've noticed in the industry, and I'm sure you know this too, being on the vendor side, when you go to events and have to sponsor events, it, the pricing has just gotten like out of control as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's yeah. it's so expensive. And so, of course, some of the bigger uh, companies can absolutely afford it and still do. Uh, the smaller companies squeak by sometimes. Sometimes they can only afford a booth. Yep. And so they're, they're never getting that main speaking slot. And it's very difficult. I mean, we 
crushed our competition early on because we'd have speaking slots versus being in a booth. Yep. Um, and so we were like, well, how can we level the playing field a little bit more, uh, allow more emerging vendors who've got really interesting technologies uh, to have more of a voice? And on the flip side, like allow MSPs to hear from these, these vendors who really could maybe change their business, but they've never had an opportunity to hear from them. And so on the vendor side, we, we came up with something called Channel Pitch. And it's each month we feature eight vendors and everybody gets seven minutes. Scott, it doesn't matter how big of a company you are. You could be a 10,000 employee company versus a one a person employee. You're still getting seven minutes. Love and it. the idea is to cut out all the fluff of a presentation and really focus on what a, a vendor or an MSP is going to want to understand about your partner program and, and whatnot. And so it's kind of cutting out a lot of that um, noise. And then on the MSP side, the thing we really did that's different is we allow MSPs and this, they, they can attend free, but what's really different is that they can attend anonymously unless they choose to give up their information. And so what we're saying is, hey, we, we know MSPs want to hear from emerging vendors and, and, and vendors of, of more maturity. They, we know they want to hear about them, but sometimes they don't always get to do it in a safe environment where there's not this sales pressure. And yeah. so in our channel pitch, they can attend anonymously. They can choose to give up their information if they want to. And what we're finding is actually phenomenal as on both sides seem to be very happy. It's like the MSPs are delighted to be able to listen to, to the vendors and hear about these, these new and emerging technologies or product updates from companies they already know about. And the vendors are getting MSPs who actually are interested in their product because they're raising their hand saying, hey, I'm going to give you permission to reach out to me. Sure. So it's a, it's a very different from a lot of the other industry events. Um, and, and what we're building out, in the, we're in the early stages and it's called Channel Explorer. We're, we're building out a community and platform that we think is gonna reshape how vendors and MSPs communicate. It's built in large part to give more voice to more people in our community. It, it's, I would almost call it like, think of like a mix between LinkedIn and YouTube for the channel, like very heavily on uh, focused on video content yep. so that on the MSP side, you know, we're seeing so many more MSPs wanting to, uh, you know, have more peer to peer validation. They want to be on thought leadership panels and things like that. Well, here's an opportunity, put out video content to the community that you're, you want to, to, to be noticed in and it's purpose built for our community. It's, you know, it's one thing you, and I'm obviously a big proponent of putting video out on LinkedIn. I do it all the time, yep. but the reality is, Scott, I still have people that I've connected with 10 years ago from the legal industry that could care less about my thought leadership in the channel. <laughs> so <laughs> it, in our platform, you'll be able to put out content for the actual audience that's going to consume it. And wow. for the vendor and, and on the vendor side, you know, think about like, you know, people thought I was the owner of ID Agent because I was the person on the road all the time. Yep. And the reality is Kevin was back doing CEO stuff. And so if I had a platform today and I was an emerging vendor, I would say to Kevin, I would say, hey, I'm going to resonate with certain people around like boots on the ground, marketing sales stuff. I need you to put out video content that's going to resonate with the entrepreneurs, the, the owners of the MSPs, because that's going they're going to connect with you on a different level because of course. You've, you've owned a business. And, it, and maybe you have a digital marketing person who's just a whiz at digital marketing and put out thought leadership on that. And it's going to raise the awareness of your brand. Mm. from multiple avenues. And so that's what we're trying to do. And the other thing, Scott, I'll mention again, when you talk about communication, um, 
you know, one of the things we struggle with, and I, I think every vendor struggles with this, and we're going to be part of this, the solve for it, is, you know, communicating even with your own customer base. We, we would put out product updates to our customers, and you send an email to your entire product li uh, partner list, yep. and, you know, you get, what, 20, 30% open up the email? That's just that's just email open rates these days. Yep, that's that, right. I mean, 70% of our own customers don't even know about our product updates. Mm. And so that's, you know, and again, a lot of this stuff in the early stages, but that's what we're building towards is ways to be able to reshape the communication between the vendor and the MSP. That's really interesting because I, I'm sure that resonates with all industries, not just our industry. You know, I, I think, yeah. you know, if you're building I won't say cars because no one can buy a car at the moment. But um, you know, if you're if you're in manufacturing or if you're in you know whatever space, um, yeah. people just don't open stuff anymore, and and or it's very low. Um, so yeah, that, that's really interesting. I, I really love that. One of the things I wanted to ask you, and you know, being a, a I'll say a new business owner, I know you've mm -hmm. done it a couple of times, but you know, a, a new business owner. How hard was it? And and we have business owners listen to this podcast, whether they be insurance agents, real estate agents, bankers, you know, whatever, manufacturers, engineering companies. But um, I think what everyone would like to know, whether they're starting out now or they've been in business for a long time, how hard was it to start a business right in the middle of the world's worst global pandemic for decades? And yeah. have, have has there been challenges or was it, you know what? Everyone's at home. Everyone's online. This is perfect. You know what? What was? How? How's it gone? How? What's? Yeah. A. What made you do it? And B. You know how is it? How has it gone for you? Um. Yeah. No. It's a, it's a great question. You know, I, we 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 and I don't even think it even came up that much when we were talking about it. Like, is this the right time to do it? Mm. Um. I mean, I in, on a, in all honesty, I mean, we're we're a virtual platform and our events are virtual. So it actually, I guess, in some ways plays into what we what we were trying to build, right? Is that this, hey, like, and, and this is before the pandemic. I mean, 60% of the industry was going to one or less events. We have yeah. this under, we, we all think, Scott, because we see the same MSPs at events yep. that we, because it feels it, it feels like, oh, I know everybody in the industry, but you really don't. And, and a lot of MSP owners don't, go to these industry events and if they do they maybe they go to one and it could be a regional event yes. and so you know i think that was an area that we we saw it was like man there's so many more msps that we're just not connecting with um and so yeah the virtual environment and you know obviously everybody really getting that work from home experience actually played really well into what we're trying to build and especially for the emerging vendors who regardless of of travel restraints may not be able to afford to do the travel regardless. Like they can, they can maybe sponsor one or two big events potentially, but they can't, they can't get their voice heard. And so that's where, you know, this virtual environment allows that, allows that, right. Cause it allows me to put out a video content today about digital marketing that might resonate with somebody, uh, an MSP owner, and they might, you know, maybe today they don't ask me about my product, but they listen to me enough times around this, then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I'd love to hear more about what you guys are doing. So that, yeah. that's what we're trying to build towards. So, you know, in many ways, we were sort of built for this in a way. It just happened to work out that way. Fantastic. It wasn't a, necessarily a strategic decision there. Yeah, really well. And 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 so far, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of our time here. So do you want to give it a quick plug? Do you want to give it a quick um, 
a quick plug in regards to where they can find you and where they can contact you. Yeah, it's super easy. You just go to channelprogram.com. Um, if you're, again, if you're an MSP, if you register, be part of our community, it is no cost to you. Like I said, you can attend our channel pitch events, which are monthly, and uh, you can attend them anonymously. So it's, it's a fantastic opportunity to really not only hear some uh, vendors and what they're doing, but also give direct feedback to them and, and let your voice be heard. Tell them, hey, this message isn't resonating. Uh, and if you're a vendor and, you, and you're looking for a platform to, to get your name out there, there's opportunities uh, to partner uh, with us and uh, we can help you there. Fantastic. I'm sure that I'll be passing your details on to a few people I know. So uh, stand by for that. Um, no commission required, mate, just a yeah. bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> I appreciate but it. I, I'm, I, I'd love to jump into our quickfire three. And thanks so much for going through that journey and, and, and you know, that, that, that full circle of, of the opportune trip to New York all the way through to, to where you are now. I think it's fantastic. And I, I love hearing stories like that. And, you know, as I said, I've known you for a few years now and, and it's always good to hear people do well and, and, uh, and just learn, you know, uh, of other stories. And, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all flying first class and, and staying in the yep. Omni in, in Austin or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's about graft and hard work and, you know, 10 pitches a day and it, it, it you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? No, that, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, I, I actually remember, and I'll be really quick at this, but there was one time where I, I really wanted to go to Australia. Like I wanted to spread Why the word you? about- Why wouldn't yeah. you go there? <laughs> yeah, no, this is a true story. Like, um, and this is the early days, to your point, not first class or anything like that, but it was yeah. when- I was like, I'm telling you, we, we're going to do really well if we go over there. And um, Kevin was hesitant. You know, we're a startup. So any cost to, to do that is big. And I, I, I was like, Kevin, I, I will put my own money on the line. I, I'll bet on myself. I'll yeah. pay for it. And I, you know, I got to hit certain goals. And if you, if I hit the goal, you got to pay me back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he ended up paying for it, but, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it was tons of hard work for sure. Yeah. No, good on you. I really, really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, Quick fire three. Quick fire three are always fun because they're the top of your head. Um, and the first question I've got for you is what do you wish you knew at 20 years old that you do now and why? Oh boy. That is a tough, <laughs> that is a tough question. It was only a couple uh, of years ago anyway, mate. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. What would I, 20 years from now? Um, that is a good question. I think, and I think I'd still learn this. I, I think I would uh, try to separate, uh, you know, I mean, everybody talks about like have, wanting to have the work-life balance. Um, and I'd say I probably would tell myself to like have a shutoff point of, of a day. Like, all right, now I'm going to be Matt Solomon outside of my, my company. Um, Cause I think that's probably, you know, I probably lost a few years just being buried in, in you know, in the hard work sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe that would be a little bit of advice to, to take the time and, and really shut off, like turn your teams off, yeah. things like that, you know, and I still, still learning that. <laughs> lesson. Yeah. I, I think that resonates with everyone, doesn't it? You know, especially working from home now, it's easy to walk into your office and just check your messages or your emails or, or whatever. And I, I, but then saying that we're all at home now, so we're not commuting and therefore we can go out with the kids and have a kick of the football and stuff. So yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that's a really good one, actually, Matt, to be honest with you. Um, one of the things that I speak to a lot of people about on this podcast is mentors and, you know, having someone that inspired you. Do you have a mentor or did you have a mentor? And is there someone that you look that, that, that that's been inspirational in your career? Sure. Yeah. So I'd say a couple of people. I mean, early on in my, my life, 
and continues to be my, my uncle, yeah. um, who was a successful uh, business owner and actually retired at 46. He, he sold his, or maybe even earlier, uh, so, sold his business. So he's always was, a, 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 you know, kind of more of an earlier inspiration in terms of like just really learning sales and being personable with people and, mm -hmm. and always going the extra mile. He was, he just taught me so many lessons with that. Um, and, you know, and then kind of as I got into my career, you know, I mean, especially these last few years, I mean, Kevin, who's my business partner has definitely, yeah. you know, been a mentor to me and, you know, I learn a lot from him and, you know, from the business owner standpoint, cause that is not, it's not really where I came from. I, I you know, um, so, you know, he understands so much more of the, <laughs> the behind the scenes stuff and, and I'm still learning a lot of that stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, and then, you know, I definitely would give a shout out to Rob Ray as well from Dado, uh, you yeah. know, early in my channel career. I mean, he just was always willing to share his time and answer a million questions I had. And yeah, so he, he and he was somebody I looked to and has really, you know, helped kind of drive me to be better at, at my job. And I, you know, when I was starting off with ID agent at some point, I, I did go to Kevin and it was a true story. I, I said, I, I want to be the Rob Ray of ID agent. Yeah. And so like, you know, so that, you know, whether Rob knows that or not, he kind of set the bar so high that I, it was just somebody to strive to try to be right. You know, yeah. So that, that, from that perspective. I think in our industry, he is, he's inspirational. I mean, I, I'm lucky that I work with, you know, Scott Barlow as well, who's, who's quite inspirational and, and, yeah. and a great mentor to me, but um, Rob, you know, you were talking earlier about you were the face of ID agent and people thought you owned it. Oh, I guess Rob's a little bit the same with Dado, right? Um, but I will, I will concur with that. I think anytime I've, if I've had a question or I've been able to go to someone that knows the channel, knows business development, that Rob's always given his time. I think that's a great shout out, by the way. Yeah. And I, and I will say, cause you brought Scott up, you know, Scott also just somebody who's always willing to take calls. Uh, when I started doing consulting right after Kaseya, you know, I met with Scott, he was just gracious with his time and just answered a bunch of my questions. So yeah, it, it's an amazing industry. Actually. There's so many people are willing to share stuff. Oh, I agree. I agree. hundred percent agree. Mate. Fantastic. I've got your last question for you and I, I I'm conscious of your time and I really appreciate you spending the time today and speaking to me, but do you have a favorite market to sell into? And if so, why? That could be geo, that could be business, that could be product, whatever. But um, is there a favorite market? Oh, that's so tough. I, I'll say, you know, because I, I brought up Australia. <laughs> uh, that, I guess, because that, that experience was so fun the first time I went there. Um, yeah. Actually, we were on the road doing road shows with, with Dado and Rob. Um, it was just such a wild experience basically bringing dark web modern to Australia for the yeah. first time. Yeah. And the people there were just so welcoming and just fun. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like selling to everybody, but I think that just that experience was so unique. Uh, and, and because I had put my, you know, my money where my mouth was, I said, yeah, I said I had to sell 20 partners to make it a successful uh, trip and I sold 40. So, you know, it was, it was a, that's brilliant. That, that's yeah. brilliant. It, it's funny because mine's the flip to that. Mine's the US, believe it or not. Oh, right. um, yeah, it is because, um, you know, it's where I've had the most success and, you know, it, it's I, I've really enjoyed my time there and I've met some tremendous people. So, yeah, I'm a little bit – I I think it's it's always going to be outside of your home market though, isn't it? It's Because it's it's different. It's exciting. It, There's a buzz exactly about it. it. 
yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Matt, I, I want to thank you so much. Um, you know, really enjoyed speaking to today. It's a, your story is is something that can resonate with all of us. You know, we've had we've had jobs that we haven't liked. We've we you know we've probably made a move somewhere. Some you know to, to see the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and. Um, and and you, my friend, has certainly found it uh, in regards to you know your life and and your enjoyment you got out of out of the ID agent um, journey and 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 now with Kevin at, at Channel Program. All the very best of luck for it. I, I am sure 2022 is going to be uh, the launching of a of a new industry spectacular, and and I hope it is for you both because you know it's always good to see nice people do well. So. Um, I wish you all the very best and, and thank you so much for joining me on the Vanguard podcast today. Absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you so much for the kind words and, and word, words of encouragement and, you know, best of luck to you as well. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always great talking to you and, and I, you know, hope we can see each other in person soon. Very soon, I hope. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Take care. All right. Thank you. My thanks to Matt for taking the time to speak to me in the midst of setting up his new business. Matt really has earned his stripes in sales and business development, taking the chance early in his career to move to New York and then work hard in the printer and copier sales and other sales jobs while studying for his MBA, showing that hard work really does pay off. If you haven't heard or read the story of ID Agent and the hard work Matt and Kevin and the team they built put into making that company a global leader and acquisition target, you really should as it's a phenomenal story of hard work and success which they all thoroughly deserve. Matt highlighted how he wishes he knew when he was 20 that the work and inquiries would still be there in the morning and to shut off, enjoy your personal and family time and have a better balance, which in the past couple of years, I absolutely agree with. And most people I speak to daily say the same thing. Thanks again for joining me and to Matt for this latest episode of the Vanguard podcast. And remember, take care, stay safe and keep on innovating.